Be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to subject matter. Welcome to the Romantic Truth Podcast. You may also visit us at romantictruth.org or on Facebook at Romantic Truth in the search. Now, without further ado, introducing Jorzen, the host of Romantic Truth from our studio in Las Vegas. Alright folks, let's go into the mailbag here, August 11th. My name is Brian. I've listened to your podcast, learned a lot from it. I'm faced with a problem, and you seem to give some pretty good pointers. Here's what's going on with me. I'm 38 years of age. My girlfriend is 42. We've been dating now for about a year, and she sat me down last night and told me that she had something to tell me. Of course, I thought it was something healthcare related, but it was not. She told me that she was still married to her ex-husband. In the initial stages of our relationship, she made it clear that she was clearly divorced. And I found that that's not the case last night. They're legally separated, and she wanted me to forgive her. But then the other shoe dropped, that she had been seeing someone else on the side. A younger man, 22 years of age. A guy that she met at work. I really love this woman. I have a good rapport with her kids, but I just don't know. I'm wondering whether or not I should just walk away. She moved me in, she helped me with my bills, got me out of debt. I'm just wondering, where should I go from here? Brian, Tucson, Arizona. Ooh, okay, dude. Um, Here's what happened to you. I had a friend of mine that ran into something similar to this, where this lady was separated from her husband for years. And I'll get to your answer in just a minute, sir. And what had happened, she had this nice home up in San Mateo, California. He was in Los Angeles, and she was constantly coming down to see him. And she'd have him come up to see her. She had this beautiful home. She told him that she was divorced and everything was finalized and everything was done, which it was not. What had happened, the husband voluntarily moved out because he took up with another woman. And he pretty much left everything in place. Well, the other woman eventually put pressure on the husband to divorce his wife which meant that community properties such as the home, automobiles, and everything else had to be split. My friend naively believed everything this woman said, didn't question anything, even though certain things were happening, such as she had to go to court a lot. And so there were weeks that he couldn't come up when he had taken vacation time off. And it got to a point where she was coming down to Los Angeles more than he was going up to San Mateo. And the sob story she told her was that she lost the house. Times got tough. She lost everything. Well, she got her money from the settlement, divorce settlement and everything. And when she did, 
that's when she came clean with it. And she said, well, you know, if I would have told you that, you probably wouldn't have hung around and I want you. And I had to clear up that last vestige of problems in my life before we could have this life to start together. Well, sounded good in theory. Problem was, they also had to split the debts they owed. And the problem came down to, she was debt ridden when she came down to it. He helped her get out of debt. Didn't want to have any questions asked about the past. He just wanted to go forward. And of course, she started hanging around with her friends again from San Mateo going back up. Got back into that lifestyle again of mingling and messing around. And once again, my friend wound up going back up to San Mateo, San Mateo to see her because she's got her place up there again, got her a job. And the same thing took place. She could not give up the lifestyle she once had with her husband. And that's what she sought again. And she saw that my friend could not provide that for her in Los Angeles. He eventually moved up there. And as she became more and more successful, he was a second banana. And he started to realize the very same thing why the husband left her was the very same reason he eventually left it four years later. Same exact scenario. What I'm telling you here, Brian, is this. This lady lied to you deliberately so that she can kind of quarantine you just like my friend's woman did him where they have you in this box and they give you enough in order to keep you interested, in order to keep you going. And then they come and tell the truth. Now here's the reason why she came clean with you. She came clean with you because of the fact that she was falling in love with this other guy. And her consciousness is what tapped her on the shoulder. See, when people start getting scared be surprised how the truth comes out and that's what's happened here because see she was cool with it and everything was fine she wouldn't say anything but here's the thing that I would venture to tell you that younger guy put pressure on her to make a decision in some way or else she felt as though she was going to lose him so she had to come up with a decision and the decision she did not want to make was to leave you now, if it would have meant that it would have benefited her to stay with you, she would have done so, provided that there was no pressure from him. And it's not necessarily the applied pressure that he put on her, but it's the pressure she put on herself. I can't be chasing a younger man. Are you crazy? It's probably what she was thinking. Because see, the only thing he has to tell her is that, hey, lady, you too old for me. And that would just put all the air out of her balloon. You are a better bet for her, as she says it. Now, what she's hoping is that this honesty, the same thing that women always want from men, right? 
she's hoping that this honesty that she's revealing to you will be sufficient enough to keep you. Because what she's doing now is she's trying to show her integrity to get to your trust. More than likely, and I don't know you from a can of chitlins in Arkansas. I don't know who you are or nothing about you. If you wrote me about what you should do, that means that there's a probability that you're going to stay with this woman. Because see, people who have made a definitive decision whether they're right or wrong, they don't write. I only get written by people who have made a decision sometimes and they're second guessing. So, the only thing you have to concern yourself with in this situation is that she has the potential to hurt you again and to lie to you again. Now, if you forgive her this time around, you have to come up with some parameters. Those standards have to be in full force. Now, she didn't keep her end of the bargain up when it came down to morality, when it came down to integrity initially. But I guarantee you, had you failed her the way she failed you, she wouldn't probably give you a second chance. Because women are big, real big on honesty. So I just want you to turn that around and think that if you would have lied to her like she lied to you. Really? you think that she would be so forgiving? Now, here's what I would say. I would want to find out what the status of her marital situation is to make sure that she's going through a divorce, is divorced, separated, what the hell's going on. Treat it as if she's a total stranger and lied to you and you now want to find out the concrete truth. You want to see documentation of her marital status. If you're going to be with her. I would strongly advise you, if you guys have bought anything together, if you guys are living together, well, it seems like you are. I guess you've started a report with the children and everything. I would get things in writing as far as uh, what's yours, what's hers, responsibilities and everything. I would get with an arbitrator or an attorney in order to write these things up. So just in case things go left or her marital status is what it said what it's said to be, that if they have to go through a divorce, that, well, I'll put it to you this way. I know this much. Whatever she purchased with you while she was still married, if she's still married, actually is community property and belongs to that marriage. Now the judge may decide to split it not only between the two of you and that portion that they split, he split with the two of you, which means that asset may have to go up for sale. It would then mean that she would have to split the proceeds with the spouse. You better check on that. Get your attorney on this just to find out exactly what's what. You guys are going to need marital counseling because she's breached your trust factor. So you know for a fact that it's going to take a while for you can trust this woman again. If at all. I personally wouldn't deal with her. 
That's just speaking for me. And the reason being is that something like that is too big of a thing to lie about and act like it didn't exist. And what you have to think about too, the reason why she lied was for her benefit to be with you in a relationship. That outweighed your feelings, that outweighed your emotions, that outweighed all the concerns you had, everything. And of course, she was going to make it comfortable for you, because what she did not want you to do was to snoop and probe. This was all a setup. She knew what she was doing when she attracted you and when she got with you. And she knew how far she could go with the truth, and where she had to fabricate that area that she couldn't cover with the truth, just to make you happy and to give her peace of mind, at least until you found out. See, the only reason why she told you was because you were going to find out eventually. That's what that's about. And she knew at some point the truth was going to leak out, and she wanted to beat. Everybody to the punch for it. Now, don't be surprised. Those kids probably are in the dark on a lot of things. I've seen parents do that with their children, and it's sad. And the one lady in particular, the kids thought mom and dad had divorced, and they didn't do nothing to separate. And she kept the kids with her. Dad caught hell trying to visit the kids. Did that for a reason. She wanted his benefits in the future. And as long as she denied him a divorce, things went on in court. Kids didn't question anything. They didn't care. They were younger, and as they got older, they just assumed things were like that until she got sick, and that's when they found out. And they were very angry at their mother for keeping them away from their father all those years. Angry for the mother lying to them all those years about how bad and deviant her father was. Where in actuality, what had happened? Mama had an affair, and Dad left. He had been paying child support all those years. The kids never saw the money. The money was in brand new SUV. Money was in an upgrade on the house. The money was in a lot of things, and these kids felt cheated because their mother kept the wool over their eyes all those years. And they started to realize. Well, they were wondering why they didn't go to grandmama's all the time. They wanted to know why they didn't see their aunts and other relatives. It was because she wanted to keep them isolated and angry. And other family members would have told them exactly what was going on. This is the thing you have to watch, sir. People will corral you, isolate you, and indoctrinate you. If I were you. I wouldn't be in that situation. I would have been long gone. But it's up to you. More in a moment.
Hi everyone, Jocelyn here with you, Romantic Truth in Las Vegas. Hope everything is going well for you. Folks, don't forget, we still have to vaccinate. We still have to take care of ourselves. If we don't, then the only thing that's going to happen is this thing is going to be prolonged. Now, I've had an influx of emails from medical professionals talking about different things. Um, Many of them, under the stress of dealing with COVID-19 and work schedules and so forth, have ended relationships, created friction because of the job, the stresses and everything. Others have literally uh, had their partners move out because they could be contagious because they come home every day and they're dealing with having to go through a routine of showering and disinfecting and all of this. So you've had different ways that this has impacted, especially in this sector. As you know, in the earlier stages of this uh, virus, people who were in the healthcare profession actually quit because there wasn't enough PPE, enough security as far as uh, taking care of themselves. And this was prior to a vaccine being developed. So a lot of people made some life-changing choices throughout this COVID-19 era. And this is the new normal for us, unfortunately. Now, what I'm going to talk about in this particular episode has to deal with the impact of COVID on relationships and various aspects of it. A doctor by the name of Mary, she's an OGBYN, and she also works in the ER department at this hospital in Southern California. Made mention of something in an email that she wrote me. And um, particularly what she's noticed is an increase of people inserting objects into their bodies, into their orifices for sexual pleasure. Now, this is something that's happened on a broader scale. And they have a message board where they talk about these items. Of course, they don't mention any patient's information or anything of that sort. And some of the things that they talk about is pretty interesting. Off the email list that she sent me, people have inserted grapefruit, cantaloupe, apples, squash, eggplants, cucumbers, pickles, pork chops, yes, pork chops, Polish sausage, beer bottles, beer cans, wine bottles, crescent wrenches, vice grips, pliers, tennis shoes, cell phones. Various objects have been inserted in people, both men and women, both vaginally and anally, for pleasure. In one case, they found a frog inside of a woman. People. During this time, a lot of people are lonely, desperate. And many of them have not been used to living among themselves, by themselves. They've had some sort of uh, social diversion. And now that that's gone, a lot of these people are just going to work and coming home, trying to play it safe. They become bored. 
And these are just some of the things. I mean, baseball bats, batons, various other items, pretty much any item you can think of have been put inside these people. They had to remove a bedpost from a woman's vagina, the top of a bedpost. The list goes on and on. I mean, she has about at least 52 to 60 things on here. And it's just ridiculous. And a lot of stuff is dangerous. A barbell. These things are dangerous. And folks, you have to realize this is your life. This is your body. She says here that they had one lady that had a vibrator that had been inside her so long until the thing fell apart and the batteries were loose inside of her. Folks, you got to take care of yourself. I used to think all this shit was made up until I started going on TikTok, started going on YouTube, started going on Facebook, and actually listening to these professionals talk about this in a comprehensive manner. You know, on the internet, they have a lot of stuff that's just spread around this rumor. This stuff is real. And this is the behavior that some people display when they're left to their own devices. No pun intended. So, what does this mean? This means that people will have to correct their behavior. Because if not, it can affect your health. And not only this, the main focus that she wanted to talk about in particular, Mary was concerned about the impact that this will have on ER staff and ICU beds. And she has a valid point. Now, one thing I thought was very disturbing. Remember I talked about, um, I think I aired it, the ER lady that had a woman that came in and she was smelling god-awful and they found some dead kittens under one of her folds. Yes, this has happened more than once. People fall asleep, berries. And you don't think that these things actually happen, but they do. Because we can't imagine this. And the reason why I bring this up is because in this time of crisis, many of the beds in many of these states are at capacity. In some states, they're actually putting people in the parking lot. And we have to come to grips with the reality that this thing is no joke. And these medical professionals are at their limit. Now, what was also interesting, I was reading one of the posts from an EMT, and she was thinking about quitting. Because what she said was, quote, I don't know right now because I'm risking my life for $15 and change per hour. I could make that same money at Amazon without half the worry of my health care. And a lot of people are having a reckoning and they're starting to rethink things through. 
a lot of these folks will get burned out. And it's something that really has to be looked at. Now, I'm still looking at this list and I see TV remote. I just got to quit looking at this because this makes me sick. Axe handles, boat oars. Mm. Mm. But here's the thing. I'm going to read what she wrote me about. But she definitely attached that. But let's go on and read what the email says that she's talking about. I thank you for podcasting. I really like your show. You talk about the mechanics of relationships. I'm 38 years of age. And right now, I'm at a point in my life where I really need to think about me. As you can tell in my profession, I've always thought about others. And that's the way my whole life has been. I'm 38. I'm alone. There's a 28-year-old guy that I have interest in that I met online. The only problem is he has not been forthright with me on a lot of things that he's told me that I found out was not true. He's telling me that he can explain everything upon meeting me. We haven't yet set up a date, and I'm just wondering, do you think something like this would be worth my time? I'm ready to settle down. My career is... Ooh. Okay, I won't read that portion of it. But she's basically saying that her career is pretty much set. And the reason why I'm not reading is because she's talking about what she has in that career. As far as credentials, money, that kind of thing. Let me go on here. I would really appreciate your input as to what you think about this particular matter. Mary, what I would say to you is this. I would not meet this guy under any circumstances, and here's why. The first reason why I wouldn't meet him, you've already detected deception of some sort. He's already lied to you about something. You meeting him will give him validation that, hey, okay, I told maybe a fib or two, but she still came to see me. What that would mean then is that he will probably go a step farther in the sense that since I got away with this, let me try this. It could very well go that way. But here's the thing, you're acknowledging not only his deception, but he may be looking at it from his perspective that you accepted the deception. And that's what a gray area is. He doesn't deserve to meet you because he's lied to you in the beginning. Now, a professional of your caliber is looking here for what you wrote about your credentials that I'm not going to mention. I would recommend highly that you look at maybe a site like a Elite Singles or a site like that where you can meet someone more on your caliber. Because with this guy, I just don't see a future. Now, I know I'm very judgmental, and I know you probably want to give him a second chance. Because it seems like you're that benevolent type of person. The profession you're in is a prime example. I just personally don't think that this is going to really accumulate into anything of value. No matter how much you put into this. Because he started out. Now, 
I don't know what you found out about him, but I'm willing to bet that is something that has to do with some kind of legal matter. And if it is, that's your red flag right there. Don't ignore it. My opinion, speculative, of course, because I don't know all the details that's going on. Just only what you provided me. But I'm just telling you, if it were me, and if I were you, the answer would be hell no. Plain and simple. All right, Jordan. Um, Spartansburg, South Carolina. Yep, I listen to you regularly, and I couldn't agree with you on most of the things. I'm running into a difficult situation now. I'm white. My girlfriend is black. I'm, I don't know if you've ever had to deal with this before, but I'm dealing with a serious inferiority complex with my girlfriend. When we go out. She is the first person to say she wants to stay in the car and let me go into the stores, let me go shopping, let me go pick up the fast food. She never wants to be seen with me as a couple. I've always asked her why was this the case, and she's afraid of the ridicule, not only from black men, but from white people. I try to reassure her all the time, but what's happening now? She's becoming more and more insecure, and it's very frustrating. Because we made reservations one evening to go to dinner, we get to the restaurant, and she literally froze and stayed in the car, and I had to order takeout. I don't know whether she's ashamed of being with me, whether she's afraid of what society thinks of us, but we've been together now for a year, and I'm having second thoughts about this, serious second thoughts. Okay, Jordan. This is what I will tell you. What you're dealing with is a woman with a serious inferiority complex, as you picked up. Here's the problem with a person like this. She wants the benefit of the relationship, but she doesn't want the responsibility associated with it. She doesn't want the ridicule. And I can tell you one thing for sure. She's got a very soft underbelly when it comes to emotions. And if she gets into a confrontation about being with you, she'd fall like a deck of cards. To be quite honest with you, I don't think she has the stamina to be in an interracial relationship. Because see, any of these exotic relationships, whether you're an older person dealing with a younger person, person dealing with another race or culture, gender, or anything that's Cross gender, whatever. You have to have more confidence, believe it or not, than most basic relationships, because you withstand a lot more ridicule. She probably has no problem being with you alone, but when it comes out to being in public, there is an issue. Now, what some women will do. And I've seen this done. I have a friend of mine that's married interracially, and what she likes to do is to let her husband kind of take the lead on things, because they know, for the most part, society in general, that he's more acceptable socially. 
And so whatever he lays out, society usually follows suit. However, even with her, she's learned that it's been some difficult challenges that she's experienced in a relationship where she's not treated equally. Not by her husband, but even by his peers, by his friends, by his family. What was interesting, she tried to throw a birthday party for him and invited his friends and their peers at one point. Don't you know that about half the people showed up from her invitation? However, when it came down to her birthday and he invited people, everyone showed up. And of course, he tried to cover it at first by saying, oh, it was a scheduling issue. That's the reason why people couldn't make it to my birthday, which was a lie. The thing was, they didn't really like her. And she faced that reality. Now, the thing here, sir, is that in your case, she could very well be dealing with some things that have manifested from the past. Rejection. Not wanting to deal with confrontation. She probably might have dealt with a traumatic situation. The past relationships are growing up. You have some people who are like that. There was a person I knew who wanted to marry a white woman. I'll never forget it. Uh, they were in a long-term relationship but he was keeping everything on the down low. Only myself and about two other people knew about their relationship. On her side, everybody knew. And she was frustrated because he didn't want to disclose this. Well, the problem was he was embarrassed because his family was pro-black and they didn't want him with a white woman. And when they found out, they disowned him. And the actual reverse that you would expect to happen where whites would disown the white woman and the black family would embrace, it was the opposite. And what happened was he wound up having to align himself with her family because they were more supportive of their relationship than his own family was. You run across that every once in a while. There is something that's going on with her that you guys will probably need to go to counseling for that she is not telling you. Because he like, even just like I'm speculating, just like you didn't have an answer and you wrote me, she has the answer. She knows what it is, but she's not telling you. And the reason for that is a specific reason. Something that will probably predicate emotions in some kind of way, good or bad. I think you guys need to schedule a family counseling session with a therapist in your area and try to get to the bottom of this. Because I know it's frustrating. I've dated women that have had inferiority complexes and that is just like poison ivy. It makes you itch. It's a pain in the ass. Because then you, you become afraid to even leave them alone because you're afraid that somebody may hurt her or take advantage of her or something of that sort. She's fragile. This is something you have to work with. 
give me a holler back. I sent you my information. If you want to be on the show with her, I'll be more than glad to put you on. More in a minute, folks. Let's talk about what Michael is dealing with now. He wrote me, um, asked me not to use the email on air because he's going through trying to work things out with his partner and he does not want her to possibly hear this. But I'm going to talk about this anyway, but his name is not Michael, just for the record. This gentleman, we'll call him Michael. Um, wrote me in regards to his wife. And what's happened is this. And folks, I tell you about this kind of situation happens a lot. And that's when you're dealing with that pessimistic partner that insists on trying to keep you grounded or down to earth. You named a term. In other words, what this person doesn't want to do is to see you more successful than they are because you then pose a threat of leaving them. They don't want that. And so what she would do, she would of course initially try to tell him that everything he's trying to do as far as career, as far as everything else was for not. It was just a waste of time. He needs to be comfortable with the job he has, with the money he makes, the car he drives, the lifestyle he lives, and leave it at that. Well, he started to ask questions because there were opportunities that he had to take advantage of that he did not. Promotions on the job that he passed over because it required him to have a 30-mile commute. And, of course, the wife talked him out of that. No, this job that you have now is right around the corner. Why would you want to go and the job paid more money? And, of course, she justified it by she wanted him closer to home. And he gave in to this. Well, what has happened now, it's gotten to the point where it's no longer cost-effective to live where he, where he is because they've had to make some adjustments due to COVID on the job, which means they have cut his hours. And now, if he had taken that other job that required that commute, he would still have a job and he could still afford the lifestyle. And she's under the impression that, hey, we just got to hunker down and you just have to get two jobs. And this has been a problem throughout his whole marriage. And she's always talking about keeping it real, being down to earth, being humble. Folks, let me tell you something about this situation. And Michael, if you're listening, I want you to hear this. These people are very toxic. They don't believe in growth. They believe in existence. And that's it. What will happen? No matter how you strive to do better in the relationship, this person is going to always manage to figure out a way to hold you back. And they do this because of insecurity. They do this because you may leave them if you become too successful. They do this because they don't see themselves in the picture with you in the future when you're successful. So they will try this 
men do this too with women as well. The wife gets in real estate, like a friend of mine did. The husband was working a regular nine to five. Wife is making all these real estate sales, meeting all these people. Husband's in the background and envious and jealous of his wife, and it eventually led to divorce because he tried to make her aware. I don't want you working. I don't want you going out there. It's too dangerous. That kind of thing, trying to scare her into conforming. And she eventually divorced him and said, "Hey, I got to move on." But it took her a while to get to that point because she was so accustomed to appeasing him. And this is what probably happened with you, Michael. You got to a point where you've appeased her, and now it's at a situation where you're at a critical point in your life where you got to make some hard decisions. Probably losing the house. Probably having to relocate. And it was predicated on the fact that she was fearful of you being out of the scope of her control. Folks, I always tell you, being in control of your life is the most difficult thing you will ever experience in life when you're dealing with another human being. That is the key. Think about it for a moment. You go to the grocery store. A guy pulls a gun on you. You have no control at that moment of your life. He's in control of your life with that weapon, with that technology in his hand. You go to a church. Who's in control? The pastor. Go to a school. Who's in control? The teacher. You go to jail. Who's in control? The police. There's always going to be someone. In a space of control in your life, the thing is, you have to choose by your behavior who's in control at that particular moment. Because not all people in control are bad. Some can educate you, some can enlighten you, some can make you feel better. But the thing you don't want to have is someone who's taking total control. And that's where the problem, because you want to have that sense of autonomy. This is the reason why a lot of people who get in relationships, who don't want relationships, but they end them. I know it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but hear me out. They get into a relationship because they want that security of being with someone, but they don't want to give up some of the control that they would normally have if they were autonomous. What they would like to have is the freedom, but just to be in that relationship with that person. You hear people all the time. Well, yeah, I want to be in a relationship, but I want to see other people. Contradiction in terms. And then you have some people who, you know, they don't want to cheat on their partner as they see it, so they'll say, "Well, I'm bisexual," which means that, yeah, they could be with this person, or you name the other sexuality that you would. Care for the day. There's so damn many of them, and they have the justification where they can still have that autonomy of being with whomever they want to be with, but still have that control in a way of that person having them in a stake in the relationship. I think it's a stupid concept, but people do it. One lady told me she says, "Well, I'm not really cheating on my boyfriend because I sleep with other women." And being that they're in the same gender, that doesn't count towards cheating because 
we're in a heterosexual relationship and I'm in a bisexual relationship with her so we're in two different spheres this is how people justify it but yet what did she do she asserted autonomous control over her boyfriend being that you're not going to have access to me all the time this other lady will so you're going to have to live with that if you're going to be in this relationship and this is one of the things you have to understand that's the difficulty in dealing with people that's the difficulty in dealing with relationships a lot of people are walking around single it, it's because they don't want that obligation of commitment because that means they have to give up a modicum of control in their life if not more they don't want to do that because they have that independence now Independence is subjective, just like happiness is. What do you mean by independence? You can still say that, hey, I'm single, but you're dependent in the sense that you're living with someone that's helping you pay your bills. You say you're independent. You can still be married to someone and declare yourself independent, make yourself feel good, but in actuality, you're married with a commitment and obligation to someone else. State of mind, more than a state of reality for a lot of people. And that's the problem, because they bring that state of their reality to you. And that's one of the most difficult things in the world to deal with with another person, is dealing with the state of their version of reality to your reality. It's a hard concept to really grasp sometimes. Because you're sitting there and you're saying to yourself, okay, I can pay my bills, I can do this, I can do this. I'm looking for a partner who will meet me halfway. And then you find this person and this person's alternative reality is something totally different from yours. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, well, I want us to have a relationship. I want us to have this together and everything. But I also want to be independent to do whatever I need to do or whatever I want to do. Okay, well, what do you mean with that independence? And usually folks, when they say they want independence, what they're looking for is the ability to be with whomever they want to, emotionally, sexually, or whatever. Being financially irresponsible anytime they so desire. And they expect you to accept this. See, what they want is they don't want to be accountable but they also want to be present with you. It's like that person that has a job and they don't show up for work or they show up late. That individual doesn't take it seriously. That's what these individuals don't do with relationships because they don't want to give up the lifestyle that they've already started. What they want to do is to take that bastardized lifestyle and they want to couple it with a sustainable lifestyle from you. You provide the stability for the relationship, they uh, supply the irresponsibility thereof. So they expect if they link up to you, that after they are out there being irresponsible and they run into a situation where it may be larger than they really are ready to deal with, they have the security blanket of coming back to 
a responsible, accountable person. It's like the kid who goes out and toilet papers somebody's house on Halloween, and then when they call the cops, what did that kid do? Kid run back home, get in the bed, and act like they were asleep. That's what it comes down to. Because see, what they want to do is to have that security blanket. They go out, they are in a relationship, and they flirt around. They sleep with a guy or sleep with a lady or whatever, and then say, "Well, you know what?、Uh, Now I got a woman at home. I got a man at home." And so they expect them to stop because they have got that territory, that safe ground where the other people can't interlope or come into. And they love that type of lifestyle. Some of you run into this a lot. I run into it with a lot of singles. When a woman tells me. She's on a dating site. She tells me, "Well, I'm not looking for a relationship. Well, why the hell are you on the dating site with seeking long-term relationships, short-term?" Yeah, I know. It's just that I'm looking for friends. Well, why in the hell didn't you check the friend box? They're not looking for friends. What they're looking for is someone to be a safe haven. And this will waste a lot of your time on the dating site. I can't stress how much it will. Now. In the next segment, I'm going to talk about something else that is really not only a waste of time, but more so than anything, it's very frustrating to deal with. And that happens to be women who are divorced, men who are divorced, and those separated people that get in the way. But we'll get to that in a minute. One thing else that I want to、uh, stress here is this: with this control mechanism that some people have when they're dealing with relationships, a lot of times they don't want the relationship. What they want is the security and the appearance there of it, the attention, the notoriety. In other words, something to make them feel special. So they have somebody to go to an event with, to be seen with, but they don't want the responsibility of being accountable to that person outside of that environment, where they use that person as a showpiece. Now I can speak on this very clearly, because after a while I realized that's what I was doing as a younger man. When I would go schedule a date with a lady. Go out with her, have her fixed up, carry her out to a function. We're taking pictures, glad handing, shaking hands, kissing babies, and all that crap. And then, after the event was over with, I drop her off at the house and never speak to her again. Detachment, control. My control was that that detachment. And of course, the woman wanted to know, well, what what happened? Why why the hell? What did I do? You did nothing. And then that's what I had to check myself on, because it got to a point where that detachment became a control tool, and that wasn't a good thing. Talk more in just a moment.
All right, folks. Divorcees and separated women. Let's first talk about divorcees. And I'm going to hop on you ladies for divorcees first. Now, we know as men that you've gone through some situations, both good and bad, in your relationships, in your marriages. The problem a lot of you fail to realize when you get out of these relationships and marriages is that much of the residue is still visible in your demeanor, in your behavior, in your character. And here's the thing. And a lot of people like to label it as bitterness and that kind of thing. Sometimes it is bitterness. And I know that's a politically incorrect word that um, people may use. But it's true. There are others of you have this high degree of skepticism in such a way that you miss out on good men. And you wind up choosing the wrong guy anyway. I've seen that happen so many times. There was a guy that used to hang out with us years ago. And what he would like to do, he loved to deal with divorcees, women who recently got divorced. That was his thing. And for some reason, these women would trust him before they would trust any other guy. It wasn't that he was suave or had that gift of gab. The thing was, everything that that woman said that she didn't like about her husband, he would immediately go to the opposite end. And he did that deliberately, just like a chameleon. And he'd wind up sleeping with these women and he'd break their hearts, shatter it in pieces. Because his big thrill was to go in get her while she was vulnerable and after he did that he was done you got to rush off of that and you have people out there with that kind of dysfunction and I told him that's a problem you need to talk to a therapist about it you know that's no problem man these bitches that you know they deserve this and that and I said no they're not bitches and they don't deserve it and they called me too sensitive etc etc but see here was the problem his mother was a divorcee, and he saw the way these men treated her. Guess what he did? Took on those characteristics because he thought that that's the way men treated women who were divorced. Ladies, the chip on the shoulder, one thing. Two, the overly aggressive skepticism that you have. Now, I understand that many of you have been in relationships for a very long time. Some of you, when you started dating your man, it was back in 2000. It was back in 1999, 98. And now you're divorced. And the world has changed since then because you've been in that kind of cocoon, so to speak. And back then, when you got married, online dating was a bad thing. It was in its infancy for the most part. And so, 
as you were married, you were like, I'm glad I'm married because I don't have to deal with all of these unscrupulous people out there. I don't have to deal with all these scam artists and all these guys that'll break your heart. And now that you're divorced, you're realizing, oh my God, I gotta face this shit. And so a lot of you will go and say, well, I'm just only gonna meet somebody that's a friend of a friend or somebody that refers. Sometimes that work out, a lot of times it doesn't. And a lot of people don't like being responsible for hooking people up that they know. Because it makes them look bad if things don't work out. Take it from me, I've done it. Had relationships blow up in my face that I tried to make work between two people that I thought would be ideal for each other. Until the situations associated with those people came above. I see people don't think about that, and I wasn't thinking about it at those times, back in those times, either when I was younger. So-and-so like this, so-and-so like this, the same political views, same religious views, I thought it worked. Till you find out, he's dealing with an ex-girlfriend that's crazy that's still breaking out his windows out of his house that I didn't know about. She was still dealing with a situation where she didn't know who one of the baby's fathers was that she had. And she was on a quest to find that out. So these other situations that were attached to them, those were the reasons why they couldn't get along. Because they came to conflict. But on the surface, it looks like, oh yeah, these two would be great for each other without knowing about the histrionics and the details behind them. Now, let's go on and talk about this particular situation. What happens, ladies, is this, from our perspective as men, and I don't speak for all men by no stretch, and every man will tell you I don't speak for them, especially the guys in the uh, manosphere. But here's what I'm saying. It's okay to be upset and kind of nervous after divorce, going on a dating site, meeting someone. You should be op- you should be skeptic, skeptic and a little bit optimistic, skeptical and optimistic. And the reason why I say that is because it's like a combination of both, both sugar and salt. And the reason being you're going to run across people with their own idiosyncrasies. You'd probably be accustomed to the ones that your husband had. We understand that. And many of you are concerned about not getting serious because you've been in this long relationship or marriage. And now you're just looking to date someone. Well, here's the problem for many of you. Many of these single people are looking to get involved in a committed relationship. You just got out of and you kind of want one in a way, but you don't want the, the heavy obligation, the heavy commitment or accountability where you got to tell them where you are all the time and tell them what you did. You don't want that because you did that from your, with your husband. And here's the thing. A lot of these guys are not asking for that, but you're assuming it would be. And what you have to understand is you have to make that paradigm shift that you're no longer in a marriage. And having a relationship with a newer guy 
is not putting you back in that position of being married where you have that heavy burden to really shoulder. We understand you want your flexibility. We understand you want your autonomy. You got it. Your independence. Some of you are still working on trying to find out who the hell you are again. Especially if you married very early in life, 17, 18, 19 years of age, and never got a chance to go through your 20s where you developed who you were, but instead allowed the marriage to construct who you were. And a lot of times you had that. Identity based on your role in that marriage. So, we'll say at 47, you're divorced, and you're still looking at yourself as being mom. You look at yourself as being grandma. You look at yourself as being someone's ex-wife, and you haven't even defined who you were yet. I understand this clearly. When I was going to University of Phoenix on ground, we had women. They were in their fifties and sixties, but went to nursing school. And the reason why we had that was because a lot of these women married young, never found out who they were, never pursued their own goals in life because they were so busy taking care of the family. And they wanted to accomplish at least one dream that they had. And many of them, it was just to be a nurse. Where they can make decent money for a change. I remember one lady in particular that was in our class. We were taking a business class together, all of us, and she said, "My goal is to get it where I could at least make six figures for one time in my life." Because through her whole life, it's been hourly wage. It had been a lot of struggle, a lot of sacrifices. And she didn't like being dependent on a man. Now, there's some of you ladies out there who cringe at being dependent on a man. That's understandable. And here's the thing: you might want to look for balance in your next relationship with a man if you're divorced. You probably didn't have that before. You probably had it where you took all the maternal duties, and he provided for you, and you worked, but you didn't make as much money as he did, probably, or you might have made more than he did. I still had the burden of, you know, taking on all of the maternal chores. And at this point in your life, you want somebody who's going to be an equal share partner, someone where that gender gap. The roles and responsibilities of traditional relationships are kind of put to the side, where the two of you can actually work together as a team. Because many of you ladies have done things by yourself, and you're worn out. And this is the reason why you don't want to go and take on that obligation or that commitment for another relationship. Some of you want to flirt around and be with younger men, sleep with younger men, only to wind wind up empty a lot of times as you got older. You know, many of you know that I dated a lot of older women, 
throughout my years. I had a friend of mine that did the same thing. He deliberately went out with older women. Older women were attracted to me. He was attracted to older women. So he would always get jealous because every time we went out somewhere, the older woman was always coming towards me. And he would always say, man, if you don't want her, let me know. And that was his thing. Now, the interesting thing was this. He only wanted to be with this older woman until she started to gray. And she had to go. And he would get involved with these women, especially divorcees. And he'd mess around with these women. And then it would get to a point where the lady would start really getting emotionally attached to him. And then they would start going on trips together and doing things together. And as soon as he started seeing that Gray show up, boom, he was out. And he would let them know up front, hey, if I see Gray hair, we done. Conditional love. But he, it wasn't really conditional love because he really didn't love them. He loved what they were and the fetish that he had associated with them. Ladies, let me tell you something. If you're a divorcee and you're conscious about your body, you're conscious about your looks, you're conscious about your age, let me tell you something. Don't be. There is a man out there who will accept you physically as you are. If you're allowing that to hold you back, you're shooting yourself in the foot. See, most men that will have a problem with a woman who's divorced, it would be usually in her being set in her ways or her being so damaged that she would not let anyone else into her life. Now, I want to let you in on something else, ladies. That woman who did not get attention when she was growing up and didn't get the attention in the marriage, and she winds up with this guy who's like an entertainer, so to speak, making her laugh and everything, when she gets that divorce, the six o'clock guy, that's going to wind up being the guy to sleep with him. And guess what? That's going to be the guy, more than likely, that's going to leave them after he sleeps with them. And the reason for that, he picks up on the deficit that she has. That attention, that recognition. Because there are a lot of women out there who went through marriages and relationships long term and never got a thank you, never got any recognition. It was always you were supposed to do this. It's not that the man was brutal or nothing like that. A lot of times the guys don't even know how to treat women. And that's the thing. Many of you ladies can attest to this. And it's not that us men are bad. There's some men that really don't know how to treat women or deal with women. I told you about the kid that went went on a date with the girl in uh, one of the other podcasts and he thought it was okay 
to help his dad move because his dad and mom separated. He goes and instead of taking a shower, puts on a shirt, a different shirt than he moved in. Same pants, same everything, smelling musty. And going on a date to meet this woman at a coffee shop. And he thought that it was okay to suggest that after they finished in the coffee shop, they go out to the parking lot and chill on a mattress in the back of the U-Haul truck. He thought that was okay. Where did he learn that from? He learned that from his dad. Where did his dad get that from? He got that from a woman who would have tolerated that same sort of behavior. I thought it was okay. So apparently it was okay for one person, so he passed that down to his son. Hey, it worked for me, it probably worked for you. Folks, you got to remember, influencers will dictate how a person treats you because they learn from them and they replicate their efforts. Now, many of you older women, divorcees, you're tired of the battery-operated boyfriend. You're ready to get a man, but the thing is, you don't want somebody that's going to be clingy. You don't want somebody that's going to be always in your face, making you accountable. You may just want to go and get your back blown out, be eating well, or you can go and suck him well, and you have a good time together. But you don't want to be where you got to account for every minute of the day where you are. What you have to remember is this. The friends with benefits uh, relationship, maybe something that's more suitable for you in that context. But I always tell the guys, as well as you ladies, if you start out saying there's only going to be sex and intimacy on occasion, you need to stick with that. Because don't be surprised that other party holds you to that commitment. And you wind up falling in love with this person. They say, oh, no, 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 no. It's only a booty call. That's it. I've seen this happen too many times. Now, there's another aspect to this as well, ladies. Some of you get out of divorce, and what you want is immediately to go into another marriage. And you're not going to sleep with anyone until you marry them. Wake up out of your fantasy. Nobody is going to take that risk on you. And I hate to tell you, ladies, if you have, especially if you have children already, and you think that you're going to just find a man to magically wait for you until you get married before he sleeps with you, you're going to bump your fucking head and stumbled in the dark down the flight of stairs. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to wind up being by yourself. Your pussy's not that good, ladies. I'm just going to be honest with you. For that, I'm sorry. I don't care what kind of piece of... It's not that good for that. It's not that good. Most women know this. But see, you have a lot of women who has who have this uh, puritanical 
view, and it could be religious based or whatever, you'll find some guy that's willing to do that. Rarely. One thing I will never do personally is marry anybody or date anybody without sleeping with them. Not gonna happen. Got to, because that's an essential part of the relationship. And it's not one of these things where you could just smooth over and say, well, it doesn't matter. Oh, yes, it does. Because it's part of the relationship. And repressing it, acting like there is no problem there, which makes it a problem. One moment. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.